So turning on the mics usually helps when we want to record? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Okay. Huh. I don't know about you, but I felt like I got a lot done inside of three hours in the backyard. Yeah. You know? How how you liking the inside on the uh, on the chicken coop now? I definitely have better thoughts about it. It's going to allow... It's a lot more space up on... Um, to be able for them to be able to perch up on and roost on mm-hmm. than I was originally expecting. So, yeah, and I like doing the Japanese um, wood burning, which again I forgot the name already. <laughs> it's shobu gaban or something like that. I, I'll have to look. I have to look it up. I can't not do that and then go. <laughs> oh wow! Look, there's my. There he goes. Shosugiban. So it's uh, absolutely beautiful. So it's it's basically. You know, you utilize a torch and you burn the wood and then that naturally helps preserve the wood. And it makes sense because when we lived in uh, Greenville, the house next to us had caught fire and like they put it out, but there was nobody living there or anything. They never painted it. And Mm -hmm. honestly, the one time I went back to Greenville, which was like almost 30 years later or 20, 25, 30 years later, that house was still there, and it was in better shape than the place that we had lived in. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, holy crud. Okay, so that obviously worked. But what you do is you burn the wood. It puts the, the charcoal side of it there, and then you can either brush it off depending on how thick you go or not. And then, you know, water-wise, you're good. And the thing is for us was that because it was going to have the chickens and everything on it, I wanted to do it because if they peck at it, I don't have to worry about them pecking at anything but charcoal. And, oh, no, charcoal is one of those things that is really good for birds. So, mm-hmm. you know, so and then using the pecan branches to, you know, make the 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 perches, I think, is just going to be the winner for them. Um, Sugar got up there and I can tell, you know, she's never been on a perch like that before. Mm-hmm. And she just sat there and she was looking around like, what is this new thing? <laughs> This, this, and you know, I put Ember on there and Ember was just like, mm, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, this is what you got in my small cage, but it's bigger. I like this place. You know, I've used better where I was, but okay. Like, Don't <laughs> worry, I'm not done. I'm going to put windows in and everything else. She's like, okay, yeah, but, but I'm looking, thinking air circulation and everything else. You know, nothing beats that crate you got me in the backyard. And I was like, okay, stop it because <laughs> this is conversation's not really happening. But, but she loves me. Holy crud. I, yeah, it's, she's it, chickens just, yeah, our birds. Animals. Yeah, animals love me. I can't, I don't know what to do about that, but, you know, I'm pretty excited, and, uh, well, let's just get started. So, welcome to the Afternoon Dive on the Stupid Podcast and everything. We're sorry we're late, but uh, we have just been really busy. We did work in the backyard, and then had stuff to do, and uh, we're just kind of wiped out, and still wiped out right now, and we still got stuff we got to do. So, we talk about everything because everything's stupid. I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. So, we're going to get into it. So, First thing that I want to talk about is I'm very grateful. Uh, a couple of days ago, I'd given somebody advice on um, on his um, jail record and getting out of prison. And, you know, he was so grateful for the advice because other people were just like, sure, you, you know, everybody, everybody else was like, sure, you didn't do anything. Sure, you're innocent. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like just all those kinds of attitudes. And I was the only one that was like trying to actually give the guy career advice Mm -hmm. so you know other people like oh go to college and it's like no don't go to college you're 28 now it's no if you're if you have if i i have to hate to be the one that gives people bad news if you're 30 years old and you haven't gone to college two things number one you're not going to 
Number two, if you actually go to, by the time you figure that you get out, you're going to be 34, 35, competing with the same level of experience as a bunch of people who are 22, 23 years old. Who do you think a company is going to want to hire to be on longer? Somebody who's 35 or somebody who's 23? Seriously. Like, we had recruiters that would come to the college and just watch you, and I remember seeing a bunch of gray-haired people, you know, Sac State, because you get dozens of them. They're like, yeah, it's like, okay, great, are you getting your master's? Oh, no, I'm just getting my associates or getting my bachelor's. It's like, okay, and recruiters want nothing to do with them. Like, wow, you took this long to make a life choice. No. So, you know, that advice was just bad advice that people were giving him, and I told him, get into trucking, because if you're going to dedicate to it, and obviously – you know, you're, you were going to be willing to put in two years. You get, you're going to put in two years. You're going to make ten grand a month. There. That's it. You know, that's better than most trade schools. And, and if you have nobody that's sitting at home waiting for you, it's just easier. And if you do meet somebody, then, hey, bring them out on the road with you. Because nothing builds a relationship and bonds a relationship more than being in a six-by-eight-foot <laughs> piece of metal yeah. for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. For, you know, four or five months, you know, it's like, yeah, you're going to find out real quick if it's going to work. And uh, I'd said this with Nikki earlier this week that our best times were when we were out on the road, really, because it was just us, no other responsibilities. And for you and I, I would say the same. We went out on the road and when it was just us and we got to be out on the road and and things were running and we were running. I had a blast. Mm -hmm. We got to know each other. In ways that, you know, a lot of people who aren't shoved in a <laughs> basically a prison cell where you're going to smell everything <laughs> in shotgun relationship. Right. Aren't you're going to learn real quick whether or not it's going to work out, mm-hmm. you know, and here here we are four years later. <laughs> Just ah! Yeah, that's still weird to me. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so so that's like. It's it's cool and and so we we talked about this today. Um, the girls' summer is two thirds of the way over, right now. Um, nothing that we've wanted to do has been stuck with, and so I decided that we're going to work four hours a day in our backyard, in our yard. Period. We're going to do four hours a day of work. It's not too much to ask. Everybody will want to get up nice and early because man, by the time what uh, one o'clock was rolling around, and we were all feeling it, right? So getting up at six o'clock in the morning is probably not a bad thing right now. And so in that, you know, it's it's important for us. And that's the way that that we're going to run the rest of the summer. I am going to go ahead and get the fuel and try everything else. But, uh, you know, we also got really good feedback and we our views went up or listens went up. I'm sorry um, for our for our uh, trivia. And apparently people like that. And I'm like, okay. And I'm kind of excited about doing that myself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I got the, I was going to get, um, so everybody knows we have a Focusrite. What is it? It's it's an I2I. Yeah, it's an I2I. So it's an eighth gen Focusrite, two channel um, microphone system, power amplifier. And so we were going to be looking at the four channel one was going to require a heck of a commute. We're going to have to drive like four hours to go get it. Um, because I'm not going to get one that's, I'm not going to get a trashed one. I'm not going to get a third gen and I'm not going to go buy a new one because you know, I don't, we don't have the money sitting around to burn right now, maybe at some point in the future. And so found out that if I got the right kind of splitters that we wouldn't have to. And I was like, 
well, okay. <laughs> so, so that'll help out with that, and that'll that'll make things uh, good for us there. But I think we're going to focus in on our afternoons being trivia because you know what you learn, and our, and I don't know about you, but it was fun. It was. It was absolutely I, fun. I look forward to it being more in depth mm-hmm. as we go on, and like having specifics, like you know specifics that extend past just the podcast like hey we're gonna watch this movie series pay attention or hey we're gonna you know go through the storyline of this particular character Mm -hmm. in the marvel universe you know pay attention to everything we'll ask you you know very 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 specific very niche questions about it afterwards and Mm -hmm. see how how well we pay attention and figure out how well we can retain information like we have a we and also we have a book of basically whodunit Mm -hmm. (laughs) book that's full of like some like 500 different stories or something and I'm curious because I I'm you're really good at things like that so obviously mm-hmm. you're going to stay the one reading all of that th- oh but yeah yeah no I, 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 I like, like it. to I like think that idea. I'm good at the, at whodunit things but mm-hmm. it's also going to be weirder because I don't do well when I'm not reading it visually because I I retain more information when I can look at something visually so it's going to be weird doing those as well but yeah no I'm uh, I'm excited because yeah, that's it was fun <laughs> as long as Tabby doesn't continuously get upset because mm-hmm. she doesn't know anything about you know a lot. But we, again, it was the first time that we did it, and we can definitely give her you know one ups and things and talk about things that she definitely knows about that like Nikki and I wouldn't because there's a lot of stuff that we just like straight up don't understand. Like we could literally sit there and have like a meme trivia and me and Nikki would probably be sitting there going, what? <laughs> and Lily and Tabby were all, Tabby would be like literally the best at it because Tabby literally sits down in that living room and watches meme compilations for hours mm-hmm. on end. She could sit there and be like, what was the color of the shirt of the guy in this meme that said A, B, and C? And she'd go, oh, I know that. I know it. I got you. And everybody else would be like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, I can see this having a lot of different uh, outcomes with a lot of different things. And I'm, I'm very I'm very excited for it to be a bigger segment that we mm-hmm. do. No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited about that. I'm looking at game show buzzers right now and going, okay, because... You know, I want to be able to get those in and be like, all right, because I yeah, I thought it was an absolute blast. I want to be able to record it. I want to be able to, you know, uh, have it on YouTube. I think it'll be a great segment for YouTube for us. And, you know, we can do them in in those. And so I'm, I'm actually extremely excited about it. So, you know, and uh, I, I, uh, I just I'm, I, I am. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to be on screen. That makes me happy. I don't have to be on camera. Um, number two is, yeah, I like reading things. And then I also liked the fact that I was able to give you guys facts about the trivia information afterwards. So we weren't just sitting there going, okay, like Freddie Mercury's, you know, real name, mm-hmm. right? Those kinds of things. And be like, hey, this was his real name. This is when he was born. This is some information on it. So it's kind of good to know. So. We just need to find, you know, a nice little buzzer system for it because I think that'll be part of the fun of it and having the four of you there. Um, and I'm looking at some of these and I'm like, no, I'm not going to spend that much. You guys are a little out of your mind for a light. I would rather put one plunger down and make you guys smack each other to find out who got it first <laughs> type situation. So, no, it's all, it's all good. So, But we do have uh, some advice that people are looking for uh, some help with. So... 
I want to go through a couple of these and be like, okay, cool, because I, I found some and I know you found some. So I'm, I'm uh, oh, I don't need that one because that is the one I've already answered. And so we can kind of go through them. And here's one. And uh, I, I don't need, okay. So your thoughts on tipping, first off. I feel like I cannot speak on any of it because okay. I've never worked a job where I've had to earn tips. Okay. So I have, right? I've had three different restaurants that I've worked at where, <clears throat> excuse me. I've had three different jobs that I've worked at where I've worked specifically for tips. And then I've had five jobs where tips were an unspoken thing. I mean, you know, it's like within those three there were two others that were tips were unspoken things, right? I did marketing for people. I did marketing for small mom and pop companies um, before I had my own marketing firm. And I would do marketing for these companies and, you know, these companies would thank me with, you know, I'd help them with an acquisition and I would get a little happy little bump from them. And I didn't have to say anything about it because my employer was like, yeah, I don't want to know about it. And if I don't know about it, you're good. And I was like, okay. So, you know, that's that's just where it is but i personally love tips i don't care like we we out here in texas there is apparently not a minimum wage for people who are in the tipped industry right servers mm -hmm. and i'm good i'm absolutely good because i would rather work for tips than i would for an hourly salary and people are like oh yeah you know they should up their salary to 10 15 an hour hell no you know, it's like when I worked at Chevy's and I worked as a bartender at Chevy's, I was making two, three hundred dollars a night in tips. You want to put me at fifteen dollars an hour, you know, for for eight hours? No way. Mm -hmm. That is. Ne and you would never get me for overtime. Like you asked me at four twenty five an hour plus tips. You asked me if I'm willing to work overtime. I come in for the lunch shift. Right. And it's like and then from the lunch shift, you're like, hey, we're short one hand for dinner. You know, are you willing to come in? Yeah, sure. Because you're, you know, you're only going to be looking at, you know, six seventy five for your hourly. But who cares? The bigger tips are at dinner time, anyways, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, and then at Denny's, at Denny's, holy crud! I didn't give a damn. I I found out Brenner, who was my manager at the Denny's that I worked at, she got mad at me because I hadn't picked up white checks for like six weeks. She's like, Joey, your checks are only good for like thirty days. I said, Well, that's not true. Checks don't expire. <laughs> like, like just just so you know, Brenner, checks don't expire. You can sit and say, Oh, we'll cash it within thirty, sixty, ninety days. But that's company policy. That's not law. Okay. So what did I care? I didn't care about a two hundred dollar check, two hundred and forty bucks after you know all everything is taken out for two weeks worth of work or a week worth of work, whatever it was. I just did not care. Like, you know what I cared about? I cared about the eight to nine strippers who I got every single night, gave them their own section. And I would love it when they bring their friends. So there was like 14 or 15 of them. And I was cashing out five hundred, six hundred dollars a night in tips. You bet. That's what I cared about. You think I cared about two hundred dollar a week check that required that my graveyard working full load of school having ass had to go and go stand in line at a stupid bank 
to go deposit it and know that that money wasn't going to be available for like three business days, you know, versus walking in with a wad of cash going, here you go, and just having my own, you know, having fat amounts of cash. You know how many times I paid my rent in cash at the apartment complex I lived at? It was hilarious because the first couple of times they were genuinely nervous. And then it was like after that, they just made sure there wasn't somebody else in the office when I came in and brought my cash because I'd sometimes pay for two, three months at a time. You know, it's just like, eh, I don't want to deal with it until, I, they, hey, they, like, okay, especially, like, consider October, right? It's like, look, I got October, I got November and December, and I don't want to deal with rent. So here's three months worth of my rent, and here it is in cash. And they put that in a safe. They're like, ah, and it was like, I don't care. I was, you know, I would get roommates, and my roommates would be like, hey, I'm going to be short this month. I don't, I don't care. Tips made the world run. And you know what tips also did? Tips also make sure that you get good customer service. I have zero issues giving somebody no tip or specifically giving them a $1 tip because that's the way that it, it's going to be. Because if you give me crappy, crappy service, and we've had crappy service, I will make sure that your tip reflects your crappy service. And people are like, ugh. Like we watched that one with the with the pizza delivery guy, mm-hmm. dude. You delivered a twenty dollar pizza, got a five dollar tip. That's a twenty five percent tip, and you bitched about it. I'm so glad you got fired. You don't deserve to be in the service industry, you stupid cuck. I wish I could get him on here to interview him. I'd have a blast with him, but I'm sure he absolutely wouldn't want that anyway. So, anyways, you had a couple too. So, what's what's one of yours? Uh, well, or unless you have an opinion to what I just said. No, not really. Okay. <laughs> um, I I have. Uh, this is kind of important, um, and also a little spooky. But uh, the FDA had approved the first over-the-counter birth control pill. Okay. Um, this is a decision that's expected to greatly improve contraception access. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Opil, and it will be the most effective over-the-counter birth control method, surpassing other options available without a prescription like condoms and spermicides when it comes to preventing pregnancy. Nice. So that exists now. Um, this, another quick little thing. Uh, I thought this was, it was something you'd be interested in. Okay. Um, a Kentucky man found a treasure trove of Civil War era coins on his farm. <sighs> Per U.S. coin marketer government, the unnamed man's collection of coins, potentially worth millions, dates Mm -hmm. as far back as 1840. Would you like to see? Oh, my God. (laughs) I am so jealous of that. There's so many. I love treasure hunting. And these were just on his farm. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I'm looking at is is we got me that snorkel gear for my for my birthday. Right. Mm -hmm. I really kind of want to just go out for my birthday. I mean, I just want to go out and go to a lake and just snorkel around looking for treasure. Like I just I love doing that stuff. I just I enjoy it so much. And knowing that we have reservoirs that are out here that they flooded intentionally that used to be other things and i used to have i I guess the girls admitted they broke my metal detector and so they didn't bring it out with them because that way you know hopefully i would have just forgotten about it but i had a stinking mine lab you know really nice um you know metal detector and it was waterproof they literally could take the thing underwater Mm. and i'm like now i don't have it they left it there why because they snapped the handle i was like so you snapped the 60 dollar handle and you so that means that you left the 3500 dollar you know metal detector at home and i'm just so bummed about that but i love treasure hunting that is awesome so yeah once he's got that done 
Oh, that's that is a lucky happy man right there. I'll tell you what. <laughs> and so. then this, I thought, I thought this was funny because mm. it's literally straight up looks like Breaking Bad. Is LAPD? This is from a couple weeks ago now, though. Okay. But it's LAPD bus super drug lab disguised as a pizza place. Police busted nice. a drug lab that was disguised as a pizza place in Los Angeles, California. We've heard of secret ingredients, but this takes the pie, the LAPD wrote. It seems like criminals are getting more creative by the day. Cops described it as a super lab that was producing illegal cannabis concentrate. The LAPD didn't say whether any arrests were made. But just look at the picture. It's mm. straight up oh, looks right. like oh, it's come just on. Yes. from Breaking Bad. Oh, yes. Pop that. You know, I'll pop a link to that on our on our description for for this episode in the podcast. I want people to be able to see that that is full out breaking bad or I, or a brewery. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. So, well, I got this one right here. So it's other people complaining about tips. I'm, I just, I don't know why I'm in this subreddit cause it's just ticking me off. Article gets guilt tripping us into tipping housekeeping versus having their wages increased. The number one place where Americans forget to tip, but should always leave at least $3 from an etiquette expert. Oh, I'm no longer active on Twitter, but perhaps someone could publicly just ask the article writer of this piece, you know, of garbage, why she didn't, you know, uh, have any thoughts or opinions, obvious issues like, oh, I don't know why hotels aren't paying livable wages, why it's the obligation of customers to make up the difference, etc. Or better yet, again, politely quoted and parenthesized, encourage her to look at this topic through significantly more critical and systemic lens oh my god systemic when people use this word um the next time that she writes a story about it which cnbc seems to do quite frequently you know number one we had a hotel and nikki and i talked about it and you and i have not but we had a hotel in east rutherford that we love to stay at Mm -hmm. and when we came in there despite however we booked the room we tipped the guys at the front desk 40 bucks every time right and if we were there for more than more than two days, we made sure that we gave housekeeping 20 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. How many times did we come up short on pillows? Not once. And how many times did we did? How many times did we ask for extra towels and only to have them meet us at the room with extra towels? <laughs> right. Housekeeping would come in. We would give them cash to, and we'd walk out and while we you know left a mess and we would come back in from our Uber Eats or whatever we, we had gotten. And come back in, and how many times was that room spotlessly clean, right? And they'd have a couple extra water bottles in the fridge and and extra soaps and all these extra things. Look, they live on tips, and they do a really good job. You know, we've been to hotels where people don't tip, and you know what? Those are hotels we'll probably never, ever go to again, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my gosh. it's it, it, it. People are like, oh, I don't want to give three bucks. This person is writing this article about whining about somebody giving three bucks to housekeeping because well why isn't the hotel paying them a livable wage they agreed to their wage with the hotel the level of work that they put in extra is what you're tipping for please never go on an effing cruise you stinking hypocrites because the the people on cruise lines live on tips too and they live on a ship and they're there to serve you 24 hours a day seven days a week and you're whining? Just look at this. Are housekeepers getting paid less at the Ritz or working extra shifts at more expensive hotels? It's like, and and you're whining that. And, and here's the one that's funny. Oh, it says, oh wait, I know, five hundred dollar a night hotels 
can't raise uh, their rates to five hundred and five dollars. So that's that's your solution. Is you just want the hotel to raise rates? Uh, you have no idea how competitive, stupidly competitive, the hotel industry is. So, yeah, I'm getting out of this one. Here, you go on to the next one you have. Cause I'm, I, don't, I don't. Okay, good. That's fine. I'm just literally. Mm, okay, there. <clears throat> so I have this one here, and this one is is literally called "My friend lied to me for a year, and I don't know how to confront her." A little background into my fr- from my freshman year. I started in fall 2021, and I befriended a boy, Noah. First, then met a girl, Laura, soon after. At this point, we're all 18. I'll call the boy Noah and my friend Laura. You already did that. (laughs) Noah and I hit it off immediately. We were talking for about two months, and I ended up falling for him pretty hard. So I asked if he could see us being in a relationship. Long story short, he said he felt the same way, but didn't want to commit his first semester of college on that. And, oh didn't want to commit it for his first semester of college and that crushed me so being 18 i cried my eyes out to laura and she gave me the pep talk like hey girl he's not worth it you should find somebody else he's not even that attractive so i took a break from being noah's friend for my own sanity laura's still friends with him during during that time that time period and i have no problems with that because she goes out of her way to tell me that she only sees him as a brother and doesn't find find him attractive which should should have raised red flags because I never I've never even inferred that they would be anything other than friends. Yeah, that's you're right. She talks major crap about him, but still parties and smokes with him anyways. So cut to fall 2022 and me and Laura become roommates at her request. Everything is good until Noah and I reconnect. We start catching up and I casually mention that Laura's ex is trying to get get with me and how much, how ridiculous that would be because we would never do anything like that to each other. He pauses, looks down, and says something that really blindsided me. I bet it doesn't blindside you. What do you think he's going to say? <laughs> that they slept together? Oh, wait, no way. Noah tells me that Laura approached him while he was drunk and they have had sex since they had sex at the beginning of the new year. Okay. This breaks my heart because her going out of her way to lie to me for a year, then having the audacity to ask me to be her roommate was like a slap in the face. Yeah, I kept I kept quiet that I that I knew about it because the process of of changing roommates was difficult and I didn't want to be walking on eggshells the entire year. It took everything in me not to scream every time I saw her, though. So now it's summer. My junior year is around the corner. I don't know how to confront her now that I don't have to worry about living with her anymore and I need help. How should I confront Laura about this? And when when do when I do, should I forgive her? Do I even have the right to be mad since Noah and I technically didn't date? <laughs> this is literally just like uh, it's just another situation of the you literally said it yourself. You guys didn't date. You merely, you merely had a crush on him, basically. And he was like, yeah, I like you too, but no, can't do that. And now you're just, you're, you're upset <laughs> because she, I mean, okay, you have every right to be upset. I hate it when people say things like that. It's, yeah, you, you have the right to be upset no matter what happens. Your feelings are valid no matter who does what, when, where. It doesn't matter what the circumstances of the situation are. You have a right to your own feelings. It's how you react to those feelings that is what changes everything. 
yeah, you could be mad. You can be as upset as you want because it is your heart and you liked him a lot. And she, it seems like, was either... It, there's there's two different ways that, that Laura was acting, that, that, that she could have been acting. Um, she either was being malicious on purpose and was lying to your face constantly because she, you know, didn't think it was that big of a deal and was going out of her way and, you know, oh, yeah, he's not even that attractive anyways because she wanted him and then went out and figured it out. And, oh, yeah, no, if he doesn't want that, yeah, uh-uh, yeah, girl, stay away, yeah, so that she could go and get some herself. Or she pretty much had a drunk experience and realized afterwards, like, hey, that was probably pretty messed up and just tried damage control until you you now found out and it was genuinely a mistake and she's you know been trying to figure out how to tell you the whole time you don't know you guys could have a conversation about it and she may go oh my god i'm so sorry but honestly i'm so relieved that you know because i couldn't figure out how to tell you i'm so sorry blah 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 because it's literally it it could have very well been that and she also could very well have looked at it as well you guys didn't even date and he didn't want to you know you don't know what their relationship was like when you weren't there. So you made that decision consciously to not hang out with Noah. So for, you know, it's the same thing. It's like if friends don't have to completely shut out somebody that their friend doesn't like, it's not how it works. If one person, if somebody that I'm friends with doesn't like somebody else that I'm friends with, that doesn't mean that I have to stop talking to one or the other. And if they give me an ultimatum, then that person that gave me the ultimatum is the one that's not, it's going to go. There was no ultimatum, no no ultimatum. You never told her she couldn't hang out with Noah. You never made expressed any sense of I don't really like that you hang out with him. I just you know feels like you're you know going out of your way hang out with him after I told you and you gave me you told me and like you didn't do any of that. So I just you know I feel like it comes down to have a conversation about it and gauge how she's reacting Mm -hmm. because if she's reacting like and like really really (laughs) defensive, Mm -hmm. then mm, she knew what she was doing. (laughs) <laughs> but if she if she reacts and oh my god I you know I'm so sorry I like you know she's genuinely apologetic whether it's because she genuinely didn't know or she had just been trying dam- to do damage control this entire time if she feels bad about it just let her you know forgive her honestly it's really not that big of a deal I hate when people let boys come between friendships if you genuinely enjoy yeah. being around her it shouldn't really matter <laughs> so and 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 look they didn't have a relationship, right? And not only did they not have a relationship, but it was to the point where she wasn't trying to hide it from you. She, you know, and I say that because she wanted you to be her roommate. So it's not like she was low-key trying to get with this guy. Mm -hmm. She literally was, you know, saying nothing. I'll be honest, you confronting her, my hope is that she was like, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I we did. It was we were drunk. It was stupid. I just needed some vitamin D. And, uh, you know, he was he was there. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Everything else I've said about him is the truth. I, and obviously they haven't done anything since then. You're getting ready to get in your, you know, into your junior year, which means that this is happening right now. Right. Because this you're talking right now during summer. Um, so. Yeah, talk to her. Don't you can be mad. You can be mad that she didn't talk to you about it, but understand what was that conversation going to be? Yeah. Where 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 would that conversation in in the grand scheme of things be fresh or be something that wasn't going to be hurtful? You know, she may be in the place where where Laura's trying to get down 
where she can calm down and then talk to you about it. Maybe she's hoping you guys will get drunk and be like, hey, so I need to tell you something, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and but but look at it this way. You're still getting the guy. You know, if you want him, you still have that op- that opportunity and that option. And not only that, but hearing what you said, he chose to be honest with you instead of being what a typical guy could be and be like, yeah, oh gosh, that's crazy. Oh, crazy right there, right? <laughs> crazy? I was crazy once. <laughs> you know, he didn't do that. He was like, hey, just to let you know, yeah, I, you know, I, I want you to know because he doesn't want that level of deception there. So there's some positive in this too. And the other side of it is I just want to say, you're young, relax. You know what? Things are, are, going to feel bigger than than they are and you don't want to lose a friendship over it especially if it's if there are options that are out there that you as a friend could accept because drunken accidental hookups in college are not uncommon okay i have been there (laughs) and uh you know i look back at it and go yeah, and they were people I was never going to have a relationship or were never going to have a relationship with me. So just just understand that because that's it's just kind of important to know that. So I wish you the best of luck, and I've literally just clicked the comment button um, to fill, fill you in on that. So there you go right there. So just, uh, yeah, just take a big deep breath. Know that they're not in a relationship. Your relationship with her should be important. And hopefully it's, it's, yeah, what Kiki said. I, I hope she's not going to be like, oh, what? Me? Oh my gosh. You know, just like, she's literally be like, yeah, that was kind of screwball. So, right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so there's a couple others that are right here. So we have one. I'm going to have you answering this one and I'm going to help with this one too. And this one is, uh, again, under uh, for advice. It says, unsure how to handle feelings of purposelessness. Huh. I'm going to do that again. Unsure how to handle feeling purposeless and miserable. I'm in my early 20s and I feel miserable most of the time. I'm in a great romantic relationship and I have a few close friends. I'm very close to my family as well. Socially, I don't think I'm doing amazing, but I have a few people that make me happy. But everything else I do... I feel pretty much meh. I don't enjoy school, work, clubs, volunteering, etc. Everything I do is like super expensive, traveling, trying new foods, etc. And not exactly sustainable. I'm not studying anything I like. I'm working in a field I like or with coworkers I like. Oh, I'm not working in a, in, I'm sorry. I'm not working in a field I like or coworkers I like. I'm in clubs where I like the people or one aspect of it, but I don't like the work. Overall, I'm just not entirely happy with what I'm doing. I try not to complain a lot, but sometimes when I feel frustrated, I express what I dislike about these engagements. I really want to enjoy my life, but I don't know how, how to do that as a broke young student. How can I handle this feeling? Is there anything that I can do? And is this a normal feeling? Well, I want to start it off by saying, yes, it's a normal feeling, because while I might not be a broke young student, I am still a broke young woman. <laughs> and I literally, I relate. It's it's very hard. 
I completely understand the things that that I do. Sometimes it's really hard to want to do them because for me, it's it's a little different. I I feel like the things that I get into and the things that I enjoy doing, I can't ever find people that share the same level of enthusiasm as I do. And I've kind of dealt with that my entire life that I get very hyper fixated on things and very excited about things that other people just genuinely don't get it. And it, you know, I can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk all I want about something, but I, I, at some point I want somebody to talk and express the same level of excitement as me. And so it really makes me crestfallen when I don't have that level of engagement because, you know, whoever I'm talking to just genuinely doesn't get it. I want young friends. I want to be able to go out and do things and, and be around people that are my age and doing things that I also enjoy. The problem with where I live right now is that there's not like any of that. <laughs> it's everybody mm-hmm. that is my age and, you know, enjoys the things that I do. They move and they leave and they go and they, they figure out their life. Everybody from, you know, when I was in school is just now starting to graduate college and, that's the only thing every once in a while that I'm like, yeah, no, all these people are graduating college. And then I'm seeing them work at McDonald's still where we're all from. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's really weird, but it's like, that's, it puts perspective into my life a little bit because a lot of the time I feel really useless. And like, what am I doing? What am I doing? That's worthwhile. I mean, I have hobbies and I enjoy those hobbies, but I'm not doing those hobbies with other people unless I'm forcing somebody else in the family to help me because it's, you know, a big task. Like that's it. And nobody wants to do the things that I enjoy doing. So it's hard to feel like, yeah, you're, you're in these things and you enjoy this, but you don't do enjoy A, B, and C, but you know, so it's the, the not enjoying is outweighing the you enjoying it. So it's, it, I get it. It's hard. It was the same thing for me, you know, when I did get my job at Spirit last year, it was like, oh my God, I love Spirit. The Spirit Halloweens are great. I want to work at a Spirit Halloween. But by the time that I got there, it was like, yeah, working here could have probably been really fun if there were a few select people that weren't working uh, with me and the rest of the people that I did enjoy being around is it sucks I I don't know I I don't have a whole lot of advice just because I'm still working on it myself it is but that that's the point that I'm making is that it is 100% common everybody at this point in their life sits in the mirror and stares at themselves in the mirror and goes what am I doing why am I doing all this? I'm not happy with this. And, you know, half the people that are graduating right now, they're sitting there going, I did all of that four years of work. And just for me to not want to do the jobs that <laughs> I am qualified to actually have now, like it's, it's hard. The only things that I can say are you're saying that you're in clubs, but you're not enjoying the people in them. Um, or you like the people or one aspect, because you don't like the work, mm-hmm. switch your clubs clubs are never that hard to to change things around with like it's not like your major is where it's like wow you have a complete swap your whole schedule and do with it just get a different quit the club you're in join a different club you know literally go club shopping until you figure out something that is you know 90 percent enjoyable instead of you know 20 percent. because if you're not happy you have to find the thing that's going to make you happy the thing that's going to pull you out of feeling like you're, you know, useless or like you're helpless or anything like that. My, you know, one of the things that I struggle with is that I obviously, I I know myself and I know that I enjoy being in the spotlight. 
but my issue comes to I can never decide what that thing is that I want to do while I'm in the spotlight. I jump between 17 different things that I want to mm-hmm. be online all the time, and it's hard because then I'll you know start committing to one thing, and then I'll find something else, and I'll start to hyperfixate on something else, and so I'll start committing to that, and everything else that I've worked for will start to drift off. It's extremely hard for me because I don't know how to fight that because I get to a point where my brain is just uninterested and then it I can't just like make myself interested again so it becomes a lot harder to feel motivated to do things when I'm you know something else is making me so much happier but at some point you kind of got to just stick it out until you know that thing is going to bring you that happiness so sit down with yourself literally pull out a notebook make an actual list and it sounds cheesy but make a list of the things that make you happy Mm -hmm. if you enjoy getting up 30 minutes earlier just so you can sit and watch the sunrise with a cup of coffee then do that you don't have to share those things with other people and it sounds like yeah that's a sad and boring life but eventually if you're going and you're doing these things at a starbucks you're doing these things and you're you know taking a walking path or you're sitting in the park eventually somebody is going to come up to you and you're going to share that moment with somebody Mm -hmm. and hey you may become friends you may not you may just end up being somebody that you never talked to besides that bit in your day and you don't you know anything about the dog you may yeah you may end up with an animal <laughs> you may end up, like it's there are so many things that you can be going out there and doing that will help fix the mm-hmm. uneasiness and you know the struggle that you have right now because it's it is hard and i i really do want you to understand that it is an extremely common feeling there are so many people that feel like what they're doing is unfulfilling because they're struggling and finding where that what they're doing is making them happy Mm -hmm. where is actually worth it because there's a lot of stuff that people commit to in the beginning big you know being super excited and then they get into the middle of it and they realize i don't really want to do this anymore (laughs) and it gets hard because you have to make that tough decision of do i want to keep doing this or do i want to stop and try something else Mm -hmm. you're at a point where yeah like i said clubs are easy clubs aren't a commitment no matter how much they tell you and they're like oh blah 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 unless you have it being some level of credit for you know something (laughs) while you're in college it doesn't really matter and even then it's never going to be enough credit that it's going to actually make a difference on your gpa or anything else (laughs) you're you're perfectly fine quit your clubs you have no entitlement to you know nobody nobody you don't owe anybody anything when you're in a club as much as they want to make it seem like oh man you're a terrible person if you quit you already made a commitment it's a club and and your brain and your brain you're you're told and you're manipulated and it's backdoored to you to kind of think oh yeah but these might be people that will be my connection later on no it's it's not true listen listen Okay, I went to college, I went to JC, I went to four-year, and I mean, I I went and I was part of all the clubs and all of the groups, and it got easier and easier for me to quit them. I was part of the Young Entrepreneurs Group, I was part of, you know, um, interning groups, I was part of interning for different companies, I was part of different clubs for different things and you know what i i volunteered at loaves and fishes which was a homeless shelter uh food kitchen um in sacramento i was at a long-term care facility we just talked about this one not too long ago you know where i was basically volunteering because i wasn't there for the money that's for (laughs) sure i was spending more in gas than i was uh you know making there and and I quit all of that stuff. I had no problems quitting all of that stuff. I was in a Spanish club for conversational Spanish. Quit it. You know, I, I had a bunch of different clubs that I went into and tried. And why? Because I was the same way as you. 
I was looking for happiness. I wasn't happy. I was, you know, and, and, and here's the hard thing. And I did, and I did respond to you on, on Reddit, but I, I'm going to say this here. Being happy is about finding what makes you happy and sticking to that. But also what makes you happy is the ability to check a bunch of stuff off your list to know what doesn't make you happy. You know, the one great thing about my life, because I, I have a hard time being happy. I, and depression hit me really hard last week. Um, but I did so much and I've done so much to, if, if nothing else, get it off my list. I played baseball. I played football. You know, I have been in tournaments. I mean, I played poker and, and won poker tournaments. I've, I have done karaoke and won karaoke contests. I have done all of these things. And if nothing else, I learned that number, number one, I never want to be a professional karaoke singer. I just horrible. Um, you know, and I learned a lot of, a lot about me through the things I didn't want to do. The long-term care facility, which honestly is just a way to say the place you go to before you die. Um, it was horrible for me. It was horrible because I found somebody I connected with and three months after we were connected, she died and she died. And I was on while I was taking like three days off because it was school holiday and I don't remember what it was. It might have been the fourth of July weekend because it was summer um, and she died and I came back and she was already, you know, they were already making the arrangements, to put her in the ground and had somebody else in her room. And I mean, I came back and I was like, I came into her room and I was like, whoa, I sorry and walked back out because I didn't know it was and she died and you know what I learned I learned that two things number one I'm never going to be ready for death that I used to think I'd be fully ready for mm -hmm. and number two that that I can't be around that there when I connect with somebody I never stop connecting and it was like and but there were memories that were there that brought me happiness like I used to call off bingo in horrible ways we used to have foul mouth bingo and B-I-N-G-O, I had something for every single one of them. And it was it was absolutely great because what were they going to do, fire me? I wasn't going to care. And I, But but that helped me get to a place where I thought about that in all of my jobs. Denny's, what are they going to do, fire me? It's Denny's. You know, any place that I was working, what are they going to do, fire, fire me? I don't care. Um, and those, the ability to walk out of a company and be like, mm, okay, I'm done. Um is a freedom that I wouldn't have got if I didn't do all those things that didn't bring me happiness. But what I learned was I had no problems quitting the things that didn't bring me happiness. I had friends that were like, Hey, let's go out and go golfing. You know what? I, I got rid of my golf clubs. Golfing did not bring me happiness. It didn't, I didn't enjoy it. So I got rid of everything in my life that didn't. And you're going to do the same thing. You're on the right road. Don't stop trying to do things to make yourself happy. No matter what you do, because 30 years really is right around the corner. And you're going to you're going to pop up and be 50 and go, holy crud, I need to do stuff now. No, at that point, you're done. You're, you're good. You, where you're at is where you're at. And if you're you know stuck and feeling alone, because the only thing you can do is drive a truck from point A to point B, then you're 50. You better have had all your life experiences and the things that you wanted to do done and out of the way because it just comes around. What are you going to do? Start your 20 year career at 50, you know, start to figure out what you want to do at 50. No, it's not going to happen. So anyways, that's my opinion on that. Anything else you want to add to it? No, 
Okay. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up there, guys, and we hope you have a great weekend. We're going to have the link tree below. I'm going to make sure that I get the transcript up for anybody that wants it. Thank you so much for those of you who are listening for the first time, especially if you're one of the people that we answered, and we would love your feedback to what we have to say, and we just appreciate it. So thank you so much, and until we see you, hope you have a great weekend. Peace out with your peace out. Bye.